Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a pre-Thanksgiving basketball edition of The Only Podcast. My name is Austin Smith, your co-host, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at Believe Network. Today is Tuesday, November 21st. And guys, the holiday season is off and rolling. With the NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form, Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. Not just the big four, Bet Online is info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access anytime for almost any sport that's played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to the Bet Online website today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Has the basketball season started yet? Mm, yeah, we're in. It's full swing. Okay. That well, was a great that was a great read, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Crushed it. Uh yeah, you know. I'm just this is before the food coma sets in. This is getting to talk about our our you know preferred at this point child. Um guys, as you know, there was a bit of a delay. We were off last week because John and I chose potentially foolishly to go to the Michigan State Duke game in person here in our native, well, not native, but our, our current home of Chicago uh, at the United Center. I know we have another game to talk before that, but just in general, like, John, I think you said it, but it was very cool to be at the epicenter of college basketball. Like, it's such a cool event. That's the luckily, you know, very lucky to say that's the third time I've gone to it mm-hmm. here in Chicago. And it's been it's also the first loss I've ever seen, but uh, it's it was very cool to be in the center of that, seeing you know kind of the, the the familiar faces from the internet, uh, Michigan State internet, and then obviously just all the Duke people, you know. So you love some, you hate some, but ultimately, seventy four sixty five lost to Duke. But John, I'll I'll let you dive in. Uh, favorite part of the game, everyone wearing like the most unique <clears throat> apparel they have. Because, like, everyone's got an MSU shirt. Everyone's got a Kansas basketball shirt, et cetera. So, like, these are, like, the hardcore fans, right? And so everyone's, like, it's like a fashion show. Like, everyone's, like, <laughs> like nice shirt, like, nice, looking good. Like, it's, like, very unique only. And I, I just appreciate that little aspect of it. Also, shout out to our homie Sam, who heard us talking <laughs> in line. Um <laughs> complaining about the game before it had even started uh which i guess is just a testament to how old i've become because i was mm-hmm. mad the game started uh sam thanks for uh being cool and saying what's up um it's always a surreal moment uh, we were talking about we were mad because the game prior versus southern indiana 74 to 51 win was like uh really uninspiring and that was the exact thing I didn't want to see after getting punked at home to, by James Madison. And yeah, it was a 23 point win, but like it was not 
a great performance and you could tell and they rolled into duke without any with their shooting woes completely mess messy and the upperclassmen got punked out of the gate um they they played great defense turned duke over quite a bit in the beginning but frankly like it was just let, left a lot to be desired and i'm not i left that game thinking I don't know if Duke is good, but I know Michigan State is not good, at least right now. But what was your thought? Yeah, I mean, it's there are a couple things that stood out to me. First, you know, I worry about the mental fortitude of Michigan State. I think that's the thing that has shown through to me early on in in this season. Um, and it kind of for better and for worse during this game came, came to fruition. Like they came out of the gates, like you said, playing great defense, couldn't get a bucket to fall, but we're looking like the better team. Honestly, they look like the better team for most of this game with the exception of Tyrese Proctor or excuse me. No, it wasn't Tyrese Proctor. It was um, Foster who came in, Caleb Foster, the freshman who came in. Yeah. That was, yeah. He went seven of eight from the field, four of five from three, 18 points just was, Aside from him, I thought Michigan State played great defense and honestly looked like the better team for the majority of, of this game. But, um, you know, they fought hard. Anytime you play a team the caliber of Duke, maybe they're not a vintage Duke team, still talented guys, a bunch of former four or five stars. Uh, you can't have those stretches where you just can't put the ball in the bucket or they're going to eventually – their stretches probably won't last as long as yours, to say it that way. Um, and that's exactly what happened here. MSU finished the first half with 20 points and none of those points look particularly easy. Uh, and then in the second half, you know, MSU makes this roaring comeback, actually won the second half, uh, mm-hmm. 45 to 43, and they cut the lead all the way from like 15 to three places going nuts. And, you know, you kind of saw them start to get this confidence and then immediately come out and like, Cut it to three, goes back to five. Cut it to three, goes back to six. Cut it to three, goes to seven. And it ju- they just couldn't get over that hump. And I just, what makes me nervous is that this team acts like they've been there before. Mm-hmm. And the only time they haven't acted that way was in March last year, where they were like, we are nose to the grindstone, like here, motivated, locked in, and not celebrating when they cut a lead to three and still be losing. Like, you know, or get a one point lead. It's just, I we like to treat this program like it's filled with guys who have, like you said, John, been there before. Like, this team doesn't have those guys on it, despite being seniors and upperclassmen. I think with the exception of Malik Hall, none of these guys have won the Big Ten. The farthest they made it in March is the Sweet 16, which, yeah, great for some programs. Standard fare at Michigan State. Um, you know, and, and I think that you're seeing early on that they – read their press clippings and while they showed a tougher side during this game and in subsequent games, like, you know, it just, it, it, I don't know if they have that same mental edge at this point in the season that you typically see from historically from Michigan state teams. It's, it's really frustrating because, you know, you, you look around and you're like, okay, then how does this get fixed? And it only gets fixed by winning tough games. And I, you know, we'll get to the the two games that have happened since because there is positivity. 
but this is the you know Duke is a real team and Caleb Foster is a good player. He probably won't score 18 points again this season. And yeah. And and like that's the difference between where MSU is at and where maybe good teams are at. They have eight or nine guys that can do so is Michigan State. But you didn't see someone out of nowhere go nuts. And that's the you know, like people are deep. We're deep, they're deep. But like once you get to that drop off, where where are you like can you hang can you get over the top? And and like you said about acting like you've been there, this, the the team was rightfully going nuts after they like cut it to three and the crowd was really into it. Yeah, but sure. also like you cut it to three, like you're not winning. You, right. Duke isn't under, number one in the country. They've already lost the last game. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like you took a step back, half step back, and I was just like, man, we got a ways to go. I think was my takeaway from it. So. Yeah. I think the other thing was that um, a lot of the offense was going through Malik Hall. Yeah. And Malik had honestly put seven of 11 from the, from the field, made Shut two up. threes, 18 yeah. points, like played well, really well. Uh, but, but it's not good when your offense is running through Malik Hall. I mean, again, like, Credit to him for playing a great game. He the, the effort with Malik has never been character. It's never been effort. Right. It's just been he is not athletically the player he once was or the caliber of a guy that you need to be your best player against a team like Duke. It's just yeah. fact, fact of the matter. You had Tyson Walker play a, a, another what I thought was great game, kind of single-handedly keep MSU in it. But the no-shows from everybody else are what killed Michigan State here. You need A.J. Hogard to be – a borderline all big 10 player for this team to, to reach the heights it wants to total no show in this game did have eight assists, but one of eight from the field, of two from three looking disengaged, trying to rebound the ball or not trying to rebound. Um, The entire bench was fine. Carson Cooper played well and subsequently has started since then, um, which has been great, but yeah, just, you know, kind of fell flat in this one and just didn't quite have enough firepower. I think the good news is if you're going to go through this adversity, you want to see how they respond, and it's better to do it early in the season than late in the season. Um, but to the first point, since then, they've come out and uh, won two games pretty comfortably, including a win over uh, Butler, 74-54. Yeah, surprising um, considering the performances to date. This was like a good showing. This team looked different, and I think what you saw, obviously they had more talent than Butler, but they played harder. And to me, my biggest takeaway watching this was, okay, what what can we do differently? Well, you can play your ass off. You, you know, you can play harder than the other team and good things will happen. And I think you saw a lot of guys learn that in real time. Like, even if shots aren't falling, they only went seven for 20 from three, but they started winning 50-50 balls on the ground. They were the first to the floor. You want like they out rebounded Butler, and that was that's a huge issue for this team, by the way, is rebounding. And you yep. just saw like a more concerted effort. Um, only ten turnovers. Um, they just played harder than they had played, I think, in the past few games. They just looked desperate, and I think they needed to. 
And that to me was a bit of a sigh of relief because I had all but chalked this season's chances at winning it all uh, for down to like 0.1% after that Duke game. But um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, they came out, like you said, they they came out and just looked, they showed that mental fortitude. They looked determined. They wanted mm-hmm. to go out and win this game. And I'm not to say that they don't want to win other games. Sure. It's silly, but sure. it, they just seemed locked in. They fi- They did for the first time this year what you're supposed to do against the yep. caliber of team you are playing against, yep. period. And, uh, you know, in terms of individual performances, it was nice to see AJ bounce back in this one. He ended up with 14 points. Six rebounds, four assists, um, made a three, finally. Mm-hmm. Akins was inefficient again. Tyson kind of doing his thing. Um, and again, like, you know, points from the bench. Got a few things here. Once again, Malik Hall uh, kind of leading the way almost, scoring 12 points, nine nine rebounds, three assists, three steals for Malik as well. I, I think. You know what you happened here? Talk? Yeah, tell me. You, I think you're going to start. I think people who are really looking really close are starting to say, is it time for when does Jeremy Fear start to eat into AJ Hogarth's minutes? I think is maybe what started today at that game. But what do you think? I mean, I think it's it's an unavoidable trend. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's very apparent. I mean, if you look at the way the minutes shook down, you had 16 for Trey Holloman and 16 for Jeremy Fears. I mean, that's mm-hmm. both coming off the bench. That's a mm-hmm. sign right there that these two are going to eat into minutes if the starting three don't perform. Tyson Walker, I think, is the engine for the offense right now. And like the silver lining to this whole thing is that if you need a guy to go supernova, you know you have it. Mm-hmm. You know Tyson Walker can do a do a Kemba Walker type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not unfathomable to think he just gets red, red hot in March and is the one that literally drags his team to whatever sure. heights that they can get to. But you don't want to rely on that. Everyone Adam else has got to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And there's enough talent on this team that they can. I think the decision to move Cooper into the starting lineup was a really good one. I love Maddie Sissoko. He's a great story. We've seen the same guy since the first time he stepped foot on the court. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's the same it's the exact same player. He's got bright spots, huge weaknesses, doesn't use his size well at all, which is, I think, the most frustrating part where Cooper does. He's just mm-hmm. a more traditional, a little bit more, if you can believe it, athletic, straightforward rim running center. And he's grown up. And it, he's taken massive steps forward in just just a year. So, you know, in this game, like you said, I just think they wanted it a little bit more. They won the rebounding battle by 10. Um Went out and got 12 offensive rebounds. Really, I just thought did a good job overall uh, bouncing back from what was probably – I don't think it was a tougher loss than James Madison, but, like, a little more of a gut punch because they were playing better in that game and probably could have beaten Duke. I don't know about should have, but that was right there. Yeah. We're going to look back at that Duke game because that Duke team is not that great. And Filipowski just got hurt, which is really unfortunate. I don't know for how long. He's pretty nice, despite my meanness at the game. (laughs) But insisting he was bound for Sioux Falls uh, in G League. But, like, and we're going to need Duke to win some games, to be honest. Like, we can't. They will. And they will. But I also want to give a quick shout out to our. former Spartan Pierre Brooks, 
um, oh man, showed up, yammed on Cohen Carr in a way that I honestly didn't know Pierre had that dog in him. I didn't know he had those that vertical. I didn't um, know he had those bunnies, man. He got I know. <laughs> and 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 Cohen Carr, man, some number one rule after never tweet is never jump. And like Cohen's a lot. He's like one of the only people that the rule doesn't apply to, I thought, until Pierre Brooks did it to you. Like, I don't know. It just goes to prove that that rule is Mm -hmm. is a true golden rule. You don't Mm -hmm. break, you don't break that rule because things like this happen. You get embarrassed Mm -hmm. and he got yammed on. (laughs) It was so bad that Pierre Brooks then chirped him and he did a too small on your yep. head move. Correct. Immediate, immediately got attacked, which I thought was very funny. I think you shouldn't have. I We got to fix that. If you do yeah. that to someone, there needs to be a ref being like, you know, okay. You get two seconds of chirping and then you're done, right? I and think they should pause the game temporarily. That was a big enough dunk that he should be able to stand there, like auto timeout, pat you know his head, I maybe agree. have someone run on the floor. You know what it is? If you get yammed on, the game pauses, and the person who got yammed on needs to leave the game. That That is shameful, right? Like, that is going to teach people to never jump. I agree. You get you to dance on them like Justin Fields. Yep. You might even cut away. <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. So fast forward to Sunday uh, at night when MSU takes on Alcorn State Acorns. And... Uh, tr- our boy um, Tyson Walker took a night off, which he was racking up minutes if you take a look back. Mm-hmm. And Izzo said he was sick, sure, probably sick of carrying this team on his back. But I think <laughs> you saw Trey Holloman make the most of his opportunity. I, I honestly didn't know what to expect in this game from him. Um, but he he's going to get the looks that he got, and he made the most of them and hit those threes. And I'll tell you, believe he was five for five from deep if he can shoot like for real and i know it's alcorn state but you got to do it there first right so you pass the first test if he can shoot even just like as a threat man does that open things up for an already congested half court offense because teams are going to let fears hogard uh holloman shoot until further notice and they haven't it's going to make things very difficult if they can't start hitting these threes you know and uh i think the other thing to watch for here despite a very good game overall from the team is uh the 16 rebounds offensive rebounds for alcorn state yeah i I got i went back and looked austin and this is the worst rebounding michigan state team that i have i stopped looking after 11 years because i got mad and (laughs) I just like I'm not doing this anymore. I know they're bad, point proven. If they don't clean that up, like this team can't go anywhere. Because like the shooting may come, but rebounding, that's that doesn't just like come and go, you know? So Yeah. I think so to to take the micro of this game and then talk macro, like micro of this game, you love when someone like Trey Hallman comes out and goes mm-hmm. five for five for three. I think equally as encouraging is Jay Nakins going three of six. Mm-hmm. A- Akins is our, is more important because of the minutes that he gets mm-hmm. and it's place in the starting rotation. Like yep. if he's, if we're going to run a three guard offense, 
he's got to be able to shoot. He has to be able to shoot because if Hogard's going to be kind of a middling shooter, Akins and Walker have to provide that spacing because mm-hmm. you don't have a guy in the front court that can provide spacing. So it's going to get clogged up fast if those two guys are not making are not making shots. And I think what that speaks to at a larger, like to zoom out even further, is like Hogard's he played better in this game. 11 points, four assists, five rebounds, did make a three. He has to be the engine that drives this whole thing because without him, the spacing is, it's nothing. Akins is the only, if you're starting five, is Cooper Hall, Hogard, Walker, and Akins. And Walker is the one being the main ball handler. You teams are going to pack the middle, which is going to force Tyson Walker to, uh, basically create for himself more often than not because the pick and roll is not going to work because the defense will just collapse in because they don't respect any shooters aside from Akins. Mm-hmm. Hogard, even if he's a non-shooter, if he's the one creating and can get to the basket like we saw him do a couple times in this game, then it, he'll be able to get there because he has two other lethal shooters on the outside. So Akins needs to be able to make threes. Holloman, if he's going to play 27 minutes like he did in this game, which he won't, uh, if he can provide that spacing, what that does for the rest of the team is I, I, I'll go as far as to say if that doesn't happen, that's that will define the ceiling of the team. Period. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, you got to really start to weigh, you know, it. AJ needs to hit shots. Like if he can't, then we need to do something else. You know, the team can't wait. Um, there are too many big games coming up. And unfortunately, you know, I think we're seeing guys, one of the reasons, like you've said at the very beginning of this conversation, was the mental fortitude of the team. Well, you can see when he's thinking and he's not playing, and that's bad. You can see yeah. when Tyson Walker is thinking and not playing, and that's bad. The, the place where you can tell if this team has mental fortitude or not to take the next step will be at the free throw line in pivotal moments because to this date in every game so far if they needed a free throw they haven't made it mm-hmm. when you looked up at the scoreboard and you're like all right we cut it to x we hit this we're in good shape missed it i mean the backcourt tyson and aj their free throw percentage is terrible and that's all mental mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There's no other way to put it. So until that, you can. That's where I'm focusing. Is like, can these guys hit make free throws because they're thinking at that moment, and if they can start making shots when they have to think, um, you can see what happens when they don't think. Tyson plays out of his mind. He's great. You know, he he's just playing. And if AJ can't do it, then we need to consider other options at this point. Yeah, I mean, this team. I think the roster construction is going to pose some very interesting conundrums moving forward because as you look at and it's all about spacing and it's all about shooting this team it's not just a want it is a like i just said and you just said they need to be able like Akins, hogart walker and one of holloman and fears like has to be able to shoot because the rest of the roster can't cooper and sissoko obviously won't be able to shoot cohen carr won't even attempt three pointers at this point in time shouldn't either based on what we've seen malik is streaky 
at best, you're getting maybe 30 to 33% three-point shooter out of him tops. So average at at his best. best. Booker thus far has looked, you know, he he's wildly physically talented, but he's so raw. He's not ready for these minutes. So basically, until such time as Carr gets more confident, Booker can more consistently play defense well enough to stay on the court. Same with Carr, by the way. Uh, or Malik can level up. It is incumbent upon these guards to be able to shoot. Otherwise, it's all gonna gonna come, uh, you know, kind of crashing down. And I think an, another interesting side of this, you mentioned the rebounding, but with Carr and Booker in particular, it's like those are the biggest X factors on mm-hmm. the whole team. Because mm-hmm. right now, of the three freshmen, those two and Fears, Fears looks like a sophomore or a junior. Like he is ready to play, like mentally ready to play, played great in this game, four or five from the field, five assists, a couple really nice steals. Um, and just, he could play, he could play now. Carr and Booker are the two most athletically gifted guys on the team by like a, a significant amount, but they look like freshmen. Carr and like both of them on defense are, again, the two guys that if they figure it out are, Potential, like, I, I'm not, but they have the physical potential to be, like, all league defensive players. I mean, Carr is so explosive. He should be able to guard all five positions. Booker should be blocking a couple shots a night. Uh, but they're just looking like guys who have only played four games, like, they played five that. games. Yeah. Right. So I think when, like, hopefully some of these issues, like, the strength of this team could potentially be what we saw in the first half against Duke, and honestly what we saw for most of the game against Butler and against Alfred, like a gritty defensive team. And Carr and Booker are what are going to unlock that being the true identity here. And if you don't have great spacing or a great offense, you don't run a lot, whatever it is, which defense will allow them to run a lot more, which is what they want to do and should try to do because we've always seen it work for them. Without that defense, the rest is like, this is a good team. If they're not that gritty defensive team, but if Carr and Booker can mature, which again, no reason to think they can on that end of the floor specifically, that's what takes this team, I think, back to the converse, the national conversation and like the top of the Big Ten type of conversation. I think maybe we fooled ourselves a little bit into thinking like, okay, these guys are going to come in and be ready to rock right away we've got all this depth we've got this that and the other thing in reality it's the same guys we've had <laughs> previous mm-hmm. years plus freshmen you yep. freshmen that need to develop and get better before they can become this team and i think that gritty defensive team isn't what people picture this the strength of this team being yep. but i think in reality based on what we saw against duke and since yep. and as we spin forward to playing a very very good arizona team here shortly um they're going to have to do that to win games, especially in the short term. Yeah, it, it's uh, you're right about the defense. I mean, it is a top 15 in the country right now, and you can hang your hat on that, right? What, mm-hmm. what you have to, they have to begin to start doing, um, is is finishing the p- defensive possessions with defensive rebounding. Right now, they're like 207th in the country. Yep, that sucks. And, and it's too bad because you know how hard it is to be 15th in the country in adjusted defense and allow that many offensive rebounds? Like, it means you're defending your ass off, right? And 
if you can just finish a lot of those plays so there's no extra possessions for the offense, like, man, does that change every game. And it's a small thing, but it's bless him, Matty Sissoko's feel for the game in his hands. It's mm-hmm. the guard's interest in getting in there and helping out. Um, Jaden Akins is the only guard that has shown any interest. And um, you got guys ready to run, ready to go, um, which is great, except for you're not securing the ball. And, you know, I'm hopeful that the Butler game was kind of a catalyst to changing that. Because you're right, they do want to run, but you can't start running before you get the ball. I mean, like, we really, really, if they can't do that, and, and the Arizona game is going to be, pretty telling man because this is one of the longer bigger teams that we're going to play this entire season um i mean they go 10 deep nobody under six two two seven footers most of the guys are six six and above um and i'm gonna tell you right now tyson walker is not going to be able to finish the way he generally has been able to with that kind of length so he's going to have to become a passer and you're going to get open shots you're going to get Malik Hall in the corner. You're going to get Jaden Akins in the corner. Put whoever you want there, you know, to hit shots. But when they come around and you, you see him reverse the ball out of that, uh, Tyson Walker drive, pass to the corner, reverse it to AJ. Got to hit it. And if you yep. don't, mm, I don't know, because the rebounding is going to be really tough. Yeah, I mean, this is I'm prepared to be fooled again by this Arizona team. Uh, a team I'm perennially <laughs> fooled by, including as recently as last year. Um, they're fun. They're super fun. And the two uh, standouts, I mean, they've got five guys averaging double-digit points right now. Yeah. Um, actually, one, two, three, six, excuse me, six guys averaging double-digit points. Um, the they two, played nobody. They played Duke, though. That's not true. They played Duke at Cameron and won. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the two guys that stand out to me, just in terms of names you recognize, are Caleb Love and Umar Balo. Uh, Mm -hmm. Caleb Love, uh, briefly a Michigan player for a couple weeks, but more more notably uh, a former North Carolina standout Mm -hmm. uh, who was a part of their national championship winning team not long ago. Right? Did they win the national championship or did they lose? Okay, well, he was still on the team that made it to that point. He basically closed out Coach K's career twice. They beat Duke in the Final Four and they uh, beat him in his last game at Cameron. And then he went back as an Arizona player and beat uh, Duke again. So, yeah, Caleb Love, all time anti Duke guy. So, kind of (laughs) like him for that. Um, What this team has in set, like, Caleb Love is the epitome of a high volume, not necessarily high percentage type of score. Uh, I mean, this, he's, he's shooting 40% from the field, which is a career best thus far, less than 30% from three, um, turns the ball over twice a game, is averaging 12 and a half, four and five for all intents and purposes, and a steal and a half a game. So he, he's not a super efficient player, um, no. and he's not a great uh, shooter, but he can st- he can, he's got size and he can get points in bunches. Um, the big man, Umar Balo, has kind of been he really sort of blew up last year he's listed at seven foot 260 i'd kind of be surprised if he doesn't weigh more and isn't taller than that but um he's currently averaging 12 uh 
12 and 6, which kind of a surprisingly low rebounding number. Last year, averaged 14 and almost 9. Again, not a shooter whatsoever, not a free throw shooter, averaging less than 43% from the free throw line. But those are two guys that um, are going to do a lot of the heavy lifting on both, well, specifically Ballo on the defensive end of the floor. But uh, those, those are two of the names. Other names to know, Kylan Boswell and Kishad Johnson, two guys each averaging over 13 points a game. But here's one thing that this, if you're looking for a weak spot from this Arizona team, it's three-point shooting. They're averaging 41% as a team, but that's skewed pretty heavily by uh, a couple of their dudes that don't play much at all being around 50%. And then Kylan Boswell is currently shooting 68% from three um, on, I don't really know how many attempts a game, but it seems like actually quite a few. So Kylan Boswell, really the guy you don't want to let shoot. Everybody else, like Love, um, Kashad Johnson, both under 30%. So it, while they're going to have size and they're going to do well, this is probably a team that you almost want to let score. You, you want to force them to shoot because that's what they're not going to be great at um, moving forward. So those two, as well as Pele Larson, who I, I don't know if he starts or not, but he's a 6'6 senior averaging 12-4-2 uh, and two and shooting 50% from three. But as a team, um, a lot of their stars don't necessarily shoot uh, super well from three. So much the same way that MSU needs to make threes to win this game, Arizona needs to make threes uh, as well. So Michigan State defensively is going to have to really buckle down, especially on the interior, uh, and force them into those those shots. We saw something in the Elkhorn State game, second half, where you saw some like mini tinkering, and you saw Maddie Sissoko and uh, Xavier Booker together. And the length was interesting. The rebounding was interesting. I wonder if we see a, more of that um, in this game, because Booker physically can keep up in a game like this, physically. You know, if you tell him, you know, what exactly he needs to do, and only that, I think he can do that. He will get his chance. Malik Hall is going to get his opportunities and you're going to be able to tell if he is able to play based on if he's hitting shots or not, because he's mm-hmm. so undersized in a game like this that if you're not hitting shots, it's not your fault, but you're probably going to become a liability on the defensive boards. It's, we've seen it to date. You know, the, the the data is there. So can Booker make his way onto the court paired with Sissoko or Cooper and secure rebounds and keep the this um, floor space he's not hitting shots they don't look terrible he's mm-hmm. if he can hit those shots and keep the floor spaced when he's paired with cooper and sissoko that's a completely different thing and that would be huge for this team because he can't play the five by himself like we've yeah. seen that now so and if you want to go small ball like this is not the game to do that um no. But what do you think? I mean, I com- I completely agree. It, listen, the the iron like you're gonna have to get thrown into the fire sooner mm-hmm. or later if you're Xavier Booker. He has been the one that is oh, you know, maybe he's given the toughest love to thus far. Uh, he certainly looked the least like it. It it feels like he's. He's definitely a guy that's just relied on sheer athleticism and size to get him to this point, which is 
understandable. He's mm-hmm. a freshman in college. I think most guys do yeah. that, especially big men. I think he's got a pretty rude awakening here early on, not playing a ton of minutes most games. Um, and then obviously just like getting pushed around on the inside, not having all of his threes fall. Like this is a chance for him. Hopefully, I think you learn a lot about Xavier Booker in this game, because I think, like you said, he's going to have to play like Malik Hall is going to get played off the floor. Uh, Carr, I think because of his athleticism and probably will probably play some small yep. ball for, but like, yep. you can't go that small for that long against a, a team with the size of Arizona. Uh, and so Booker's going to get a test. I think he's going to play probably 15 ish minutes. And like you said, the length of he and Sissoko should in theory give Arizona issues and hopefully help them clean up the glass. But, um, yeah, he's going to have to get thrown into the fire. And I think you learn a lot about him because this is your chance. Like you show out in this game, if you, because the only way for you to gain Izzo's trust is to hammer the boards and to take smart shots and just grow up a little bit. And mm-hmm. this is a chance to do that on a big stage against a very good team when your team needs you to do it. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll, he'll be able to, to come through, but yeah, this is, I mean, if we really want to boil it down, Michigan State stars have to play like stars. Aikens, Hogarth, and Walker have to hit threes when they get them. The offensive, uh, excuse me, the, almost said the offensive line. The front court <laughs> has to box out and keep Arizona off the glass to whatever extent possible. Um, and yeah, there's, there's not going to be a ton of room for error uh, when it comes to this game. <clears throat> You, you know what I want to see is I want to see for once Michigan State dictate what they want to do. You know, against mm-hmm. Duke, if you notice the beginning of that game, Duke wanted, they got what they wanted in the first TV timeout. They let Malik Hall shoot, I think, three times. Um, Maddie Sissoko decided it was his time to take a shot, which was shocking. The and Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins went the entire stretch without shooting the ball. It's exactly what Duke wants, right? Um, they'll live with everyone else beating them because they can't, and that was proven. So until further notice, you know, other teams are going to try and do, good teams are going to try and do that. And I would like Michigan State to dictate things for once, you know, and how do you do that? Um, that's up to Tom, but um, it, it's it's got to be it's got to be a little bit different um, this time around. You, in order to dictate, you need to have an identity that you want and a will in order to impose that on an opponent. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what Michigan State's searching for right now mm-hmm. because they haven't really had it the last, and we haven't had an identity identity since Cassius Winston was in town. It, it's not. I uh, haven't had one the last two years. How about Aaron Henry? Okay. That, the identity right. was. <laughs> no, the identity was we're bad, but we're gonna try <laughs> super hard and we're gonna rock fight our way to the tournament. Like that, that is an identity. Yes. It's an absolutely one hundred percent, and they they imposed their horrific will uh, will on teams. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, down the stretch, and literally he dragged that team to the tournament. Yeah. I do not think this team will need to be dragged to the tournament the same way. There's just way more talent, and they. we have to remember we're five games in. We're sitting here in no 
they can rock fight Bill Austin. Like that can be an identity. You can 100%. But so I think they have to come to grips with that. That's what has to happen. And I think that, again, the Arizona game is really well-timed because you, you have, this will dictate, like if they try to go out and play high flying shoot threes mm-hmm. types of which they mm-hmm. tried to do the last two years mm-hmm. it hasn't really worked that often they mm-hmm. try to do that and lose that's Izzo's moment to be like guys mm-hmm. this is not us who are we we are going to be a we have the athleticism we could be great defenders and like create that buy-in and again like if they go out and win like that maybe there's more i i don't know but at the end of the day I do think again to like zoom zoom all the way out as we wrap up. Like the fact that all of this is happening in November is it, to me inarguably a good thing because this is it. Like this is your wake up call. Like this yeah. team is st- there's no less talent on this team today than there was at the beginning of the season. There's no less seniority. There's no less exciting youth. Like this is the same team that we thought was coming in, in terms of talent and players and experience. But I don't think it's the same team in terms of style of play. And the sooner that they can understand that a winning style of play looks different than what they might have thought, the more buy-in they're going to get, the, the the better they will become faster. And so these wake-up calls, this is kind of the genius of Izzo's scheduling. Like, really, you you have no choice but to figure it out and sink or swim early on. I think this team has the talent to, to swim. I don't know if they'll swim against Arizona, but one way or another, they're going to come away with that, knowing something about themselves, I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> they, they're going to be able to high fly and run and gun and do that against shitty opponents. I don't, and yeah, they're going to sure. be, they're going to be some of them in the big 10 that you're going to just be able to out athlete. But what does that do for you in March? When you play Arizona again, when you play Duke, nothing, nothing. So, so when people are like, I see these takes, like, just so let them roll the balls out, let them just hoop, let them get. It's like, well, you can, but you aren't practicing for the final test, and that's mm-hmm. always what it's been all about. So they need to figure out that identity, like you said, and get really good at it, and cons- because that identity, the one you described, can win games in March. We already know they cannot roll the balls out and beat everybody. They can't. If they do it against Arizona, I would be pleasantly surprised because that would change a lot of things for me personally about how I feel about the team. But I don't know if they can do that right now. That's just it, though. Then they need to. Then then that wake up call will come this week. Mm-hmm. But if they want to, like the the recipe for this team winning is to be a locked-in defensive team that turns teams over, wins the defensive glass, like keeps teams to one shot mm-hmm. down the court, and then turns around and runs. They have the guards to play that way. They have the bigs that should be able to win that defensive rebounding battle, and they have the wings that can run. They have mm-hmm. all the pieces to be that kind of team. Yep. They just haven't bought in enough to do it. And the thing here... My last point, I the, this is where the freshmen truly hold the key to the whole thing. The mm-hmm. freshmen hold the key to the whole thing because mm-hmm. those three freshmen, Fears is already a really good defender. Carr and Booker, if they can become great defenders are, or even good defenders, are the type of athletes that make that system 
flourish, like absolutely flourish. And it gives you the chance then if your time is to, to, to create a rotation that can mix and match guys. We can be the team that says, hey, guess what? They're 10 good players deep. It's there. It's, that, mm-hmm. it's not that far from, from being true that they maybe nine really good players deep. But no, 10. Uh, yeah, so I, they're there. It's just about them finding themselves and their identity. And I think that that's why I'm still a little bit bullish on this team, despite some of the results, is because they have a Hall of Fame head coach. They are a bunch of seniors and juniors for the most part and freshmen who will grow because they're going to get minutes. That recipe <clears throat> on paper should deliver a, a, a pretty good result the rest of the season. But again, Arizona is a, is a big marker on that road. Yeah, I think you, you, you hit it in the head. And I think the other thing that is going to start to pay off, not now, but in 2024, is the guard depth. And you're going to start seeing this team wear other teams down. Mm-hmm. Um, as the minutes pile up through the season, you know, guys, uh, how the one thing we're going to have to keep an eye on is how deep is the other team's backcourt? Because if how yep. and, and fears are going to pick up full court, like that's exactly what they need to be doing. You know, they need to be hounding these guys. So there's no plays off for um, anyone bringing the ball up. No, you know, and if that, that will start to pay dividends um, later on because, Probably not yet. I mean, we're like you said, five games in. Everyone's got great fresh legs, but um, I think we're going to start to see that pay off. I don't think it's going to. You're going to see it in the Arizona game. <clears throat> they have a. They're pretty. Have pretty good depth, especially at the guard position. And honestly, they'll just give it to Caleb Love if they're who's their microwave if they need yeah. to. So, um, but um, something to consider, something to watch. Um, should be a fun Thanksgiving. Uh, a lot of a lot of things um, happening during feast week, but um, got any more hoop stuff to talk about? I don't think so. We're gonna wrap it up and start the football one. Yeah, I think so. The fun okay. one. The fun one. Yes, indeed. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one for John. This has been Austin, and we'll catch you later. See you.